Who do you believe in? Who moves you? Who inspires you? My name is Tariq Ture, and I want you to meet some of the people that inspire me. And they've done that simply because no matter the situation, they've gone above and beyond. Welcome to Above and Beyond. Good evening. I was about to say good morning, but we are in the evening right now. This is the Above and Beyond podcast with Tariq Ture. And once again, I have somebody else on who not only do I call a friend, uh, but somebody who I believe is one of those like undercover workers for the creative community who needs to be given her flowers now and immediately, especially within the Muslim community. So um, that is... Nasima Abera, and I want to read her, her bio really quickly, and I just want to jump into the interview because I feel like she has a wealth of information that I'm going to try to extract out of her throughout this thing, and I, hopefully you all will be able to benefit uh, very much from this. Uh, so Nasima Abera is a writer, storyteller, and audience engagement strategist based in Washington, D.C. She is currently an assistant editor at The Atlantic, in her spare time, she writes poetry, okay, is working on a novel and enjoys improv, music, and traveling. She also has a weekly newsletter noted by Nasima on media, arts, and culture, and social impact. And you can subscribe to that by going to notedbynasima.substack.com. Again, that is notedbynasima.substack.com. And that's something I personally get myself and always Happy to see those updates and those newsletters come through. None other than Nasima Abara here with us this evening. I'm going to ask her some questions, and she's going to share what she knows uh, prayerfully. So, Asalaamu Alaikum. Thank you for, for coming on. Alaikum Thank you for such a, a nice intro. It was nice to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to you gotta hear yourself getting big, big up a, a bit just to remind yourself what you've done and what you're doing and everything. How are you holding yeah. up? You, you're in Arizona, right? Yeah, so I'm, I normally am, am in, uh, I live in Alexandria, Virginia, and I decided a couple weeks ago, um, just as the situation just seemed like it was getting worse, um, and, you know, they were going to be talk, talking about extending the stay-at-home order, uh, I just got really nervous about, you know, what that would mean for Ramadan and seeing my family. Um, I had been planning to go home sometime near the end of Ramadan and eat like I've been doing the last couple of years. And, you know, I've already been working from home. So I was like, you know what, um, maybe I should come out here. <laughs> so now I'm now I'm in Arizona. So it's uh, it's been a bit of a shift and an adjustment to be living back with my parents again. <laughs> mm, yeah. So how, how was that? Were they... Did they welcome you with open arms or were they like, ah, oh, party, party's over? <laughs> no, my parents are, they've been trying to get me back home since I left. So they were, they've been nervous every day. Like every day that I've talked to them is always about, you know, don't go out and like, make sure you like wipe your hands. If you go to the grocery store, like, why don't you just send stuff to your house and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. So I think for them, just having me here is kind of like a bit of a sigh of a relief because they at least know that I'm, I'm with them. Um, and it just gives them less to worry about. So they're happy. They were, they were like, are, are you sure you can come? Like if you can, then just, just come. So, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a good thing for them. So now they're just hoping my brother will come, but I don't know if that's going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, so is it... Well, you can't go outside now, so I guess in com- I was about to say in comparison to being in D.C., which is which mm-hmm. is hella, hella metropolitan, and yeah. Arizona. I was in Arizona last year, and it definitely was a little bit more slow rolling, a lot more slow rolling than than like this area here. So, how yeah. is it? How was it moving to D.C.? And it seems like you like you you haven't gone back to Arizona since then. You must, I guess you maybe your life is sped up too. You might not be used to the slow slower living now. Yeah, definitely, it's a huge change. And um, what what made it even more dramatic is that my parents moved from my childhood home to a smaller town um, for mm. my dad's new job, and 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 now it just feels even more secluded. And so. Um, like I, I can see the mountain range with all of the cacti. Like it's so quiet. It's beautiful, but um, it's it's a little eerie too. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. I'm used to like walking outside and seeing the hustle and bustle, and like I can hear the metro. Like mm-hmm. I see the cherry blossoms. I see people playing outside. There's there's like life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and not to say that people aren't living out here, but it's um, it, it's gonna take some driving <laughs> to get to that part. So. Um, I, I miss it for sure. I definitely feel like I'm, I'm out of the loop when I'm here. Um, yeah. but maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing. And in, in a time of, of stress and chaos right now, that sometimes it's good to kind of step back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it is doing justice to your, your art being informed. Uh, I see you've been sharing a lot more poems prayerfully you continue to to share you know I, I already shared that with you like before we got on here but I think sometimes when you're out there in that stillness your your mind is able to slow down what it's thinking about so you can focus on every letter every sentence every word that you're putting into your work and we'll get we're getting we're getting into that to the art side of of, of that but your work now uh with the Atlantic I thought it was very when I was thinking of when you sent me your bio, and I was thinking about how to craft a conversation, and I, I know for myself, my personal work, work, you know, um, organizational work, a lot of people are now in in the palm and the hands of the internet. So mm-hmm. it's very very dependent on the internet, very dependent on content creation, and very dependent on people engaging with us. And so how has that been, that adjustment? Because you've already been living, you've already been living in this space. So it's like, it has yeah. to be a source of comfort or how is, how is it, how is it now, now that we're like, we're fully on, you know, we're, yeah. We're, yeah. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think part of my job is to help direct and guide people to information in an accurate way and also in an engaging way. And, you know, a lot of people may be like, what is even an audience engagement strategist? And I didn't honestly know what it was several years ago. Mm. Um, But essentially, you know, my job is, you know, I run social media accounts. I specifically am the Instagram editor. But we, it's our job to basically help connect the journalism that our reporters work on with readers. Mm. Um, And especially right now, you know, 
I believe that journalism is a service. Information is a service. It's, it's empowerment for people to know about what's happening in the world, to hear different perspectives and arguments and, and have conversations. And so our job is to help get people to understand what's going on. Um, you know, whether you're signed up to a newsletter, whether you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you know, what's the best way we can translate that story and that information and give it to you in a way that makes sense to you, that's easy to find and access. And um, so, so that, that's, that's what I do. And it's exciting that people are online so much more than they used to be, you know, like most people are not getting a newspaper. A lot of people don't watch like TV news. Um, so, you know, people being online all the time, it means like, you know, we can reach them where they are, but it's also, it's exhausting, right? Like we we are inundated with information and I feel sometimes a bit guilty that like, I am trying to convince people to like read more <laughs> and be <laughs> online more and like open up another tab and, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, everyone is trying to, to give you information and at what point is it too much? But, mm-hmm. you know, my, my hope is, and my belief is that we're giving you really good information and, and right. stories that you you'll appreciate. So hopefully right. it's not, it, hopefully it's not a burden, but, um, you know, I think, with social media, there's, it, there's always, there's the, the negatives and the positives, right? So I'm trying to hopefully make a positive experience for people for when they're online, that it's worth their time. Mm, mm, no, I, I completely get it. I completely get it. I, I, it's funny you said information. Uh, I was thinking about when I was a freshman or a sophomore in, in college, Mm-hmm. And I had a professor named Freddie Mills, and he said he was he was talking about his uncomfortability with the direction the internet was hitting hitting in. Mm-hmm. And so I was I, I was in philosophy class, and I'm just like I'm just trying to probe him with questions. I'm constantly yeah. I mean I was really interested in it. And so I was like, well, what's your issue with it, man? Like, what's your problem? I was like, I was like this is going to change the world. Like, this is like, you know, this is around 2007, 2008. Like, right when the internet is starting to, like, fly. This is like Facebook. Like, it's taking off. And he said yeah. uh, it gives the illusion that information can be packaged. And he's like, mm-hmm. you need to really, really unpack information and take time with it he's like it can't be packaged no matter how much you try to Mm -hmm. so how have you how can you caution other people to take their time to read the articles (laughs) to yeah um but also not fall victim to uh, i want to say not marinating on the information that they're taking in and and not just reading things so surface level. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the tricky thing cuz I mean because the work that I do touches social media so much, I'm very intentional about what I what words I use, the images I use um because I want it to be a complete enough story that people are not going to take the wrong impression from it. But at the same time, you know, reading a tweet, reading an Instagram post, you know, watching an Instagram video is not the same as reading a full article with context and information and and links that you can, you know, you can follow up with. And 
and it's it's a struggle because you can tell when people are commenting and haven't read it you know yeah. <laughs> you can tell by what you can tell by what they're saying that they they didn't read mm-hmm. um and that's incredibly frustrating to to see that people's attention span is so short these days um and everyone is so interested in talking without knowledge um <laughs> everybody wants to be heard but yeah. they don't you know, but they don't want to listen first. They don't want to read. They don't want to have their assumptions um, checked. And, you know, we can't obviously force people to do that. But um, I, I hope, you know, part of what I am passionate about is is getting people to, to take that time to just stop and, and pause and think about what they're taking in. And if that means you don't read everything as fast, if it means that it's going to take you a week to catch up, like, that's okay. You know, I think everyone feels like they need to know what's happening all the time. We're in this like 24 hour news cycle, but it's only Mm. because you're giving us that time, you know? (laughs) Otherwise, if you think about it, it's your time. You can read stuff when you want to. If it's other than like an emergency, you know, like a flood, you know, something happened, a disaster, other than those things, or like, I guess, you know, an election result, like other than those things, most news you can wait and read until mm-hmm. it's convenient for you. And sometimes I think people should do that, you know, curate the information that you are are getting and read it when you can really take it in because it will mean so much more and it will add so much more value to your life and it will mm-hmm. also re- result in less anxiety and I think everybody needs less anxiety right now. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I I I, I read um what's the name of that day on book? I read Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss like a long, 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 long time ago. Maybe when mm-hmm. it first it just came out. Um, and I remember his the, the passage about email that he wrote when he was talking about how he literally puts his email on do not disturb throughout periods of the day. So like yeah. if you email him at 12 to like five o'clock you're not gonna get an answer you're gonna get an auto auto response it's gonna say hey i don't answer emails at this time and blah 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 and all that and ever since then i've tried my best i think i've failed (laughs) (laughs) yeah to try to like manage those types of things but it's it's all spilled out like worms and and all of that um so from uh, so so we talked about we're talking about now the audience side of the situation. What can what can you say that you've learned? One of the some of the most key things that you've learned that that kind of like really cracked your mind open in mm-hmm. content creation that you wouldn't have had had you not taken the job at the Atlantic or gone through yeah. some of the the I guess the the rigors. Of, of having to produce every day on the hour and, and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I didn't, bef- before I came into this, this position, I don't think I realized um, what it takes to be seen as a credible news source. Mm. And I think I didn't realize... Um, the different ways that like building community is uh, it, it affects the way people see each other and, and, and take in information. Like, you know, like the way you make people feel um, 
the words you use, the time you take to respond to comments. Um, those are things that I don't, I don't think I would have thought about before this. I think, you know, I would have just been another person who just like read news stories and, and all of that. But being in this position on, on a side, that's like a platform that people look up to and, you know, they're looking for real information. Um, it's, uh, it's a huge privilege and a responsibility. And I've, I've learned a lot about, you know, what people think of the words you use and the way you share things and the timing of it, um, the images you use, like all of that matters. And in the end, like we don't have all the answers. And I think what, what I love about audience engagement is we are opening ourselves up to being transparent. And, and if we don't reflect readers, if we don't, if we're not, if we don't, you know, respond and uh, if we're not accountable to what our readers um, expect of us, then like that's on us. And and, it, and we have to do something about that um, mm. because we're serving people. Like, yes, mm. like if you work in a company, like I've worked in a nonprofit journalism organization, but now I'm in a for-profit company. So it's a little different because like it runs as a business. And sometimes I forget that. Like I'm not very business-minded in that sense. Like I, I don't, care about like do we have as many ads or whatever and like you know a lot, a lot of what we do is supposed to like in the end like are people subscribing to us and I'm like okay cool if they subscribe to us but for me it's more <laughs> like did we give you something you know meaningful like in return for that five minutes of your time did we either make you laugh did we inspire you did we inform you did we challenge you like um what did we do and how did that change your life like that's what I care about and I don't think before I was in a position like this I, I ever thought that news could do that. You know, I always thought it was like this far away thing that gets made by some people and then, you know, somehow just ends up in your email, you know, or on your Facebook feed. And it's so much more. It really needs to be so much more. I think um, it needs to be a conversation. For sure. For sure. No, I, I definitely, I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of people who've spent their careers in whatever craft that they're in mm -hmm. now trying to negotiate the internet space are you come to a crossroads to be honest mm -hmm. knowing that for your art to come across unless you're dealing like high fine art or something like that and you're just in another mm -hmm. you're just in you're on another planet you're into like residencies and fellowships and stuff like that then maybe it doesn't maybe it does I don't know whether it does or doesn't matter but mm -hmm. people who are trying to keep the integrity of their work but also understand like uh, you know a couple clicks help <laughs> couple, yeah couple clicks couple subscriptions but you don't want to sell your soul to the, to the likes and stuff like that and right. yeah so I guess uh I guess my next question uh would be I guess then we can we can end on the content creation stuff um <laughs> <laughs> what would you advise the fun stuff. huh would you say i was saying the fun stuff yeah yeah exactly uh what would you advise a person who's just walking in they have a pocket full of whatever creation that they've been developing and they want to develop an audience they yeah. they want to take the dive off that deep end what would you say is the first step. 
Uh, that's a great question. So is this kind of for like a, someone who's an artist, right? Someone who has something that they want to they want to share their work with. The world? Um, it could be an artist. Uh, it could be, let's say, if it's like a let's say small organization, small business, mm -hmm. they want to yeah. change something. They want to put a yeah. dent in the world. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's great. I feel like knowing knowing what it is you want to do, that you want to make a dent in the world, that you want to make a change is important. But a lot of people are trying to do that. So I think what's really important is figuring out what is your theory of change? What exactly mm. do you want to do? How do you envision that? And being very clear and intentional about your wording. You got to spend some time on the right, the right words, the right framing, the right message. And then from there, figuring out who is your audience. Like everyone wants to think that the whole world is your audience. Like sure, <laughs> yeah, in, in the end, right? But like that's not specific enough. You're, you're never going to reach everyone. So like thinking about strategically, who's going to make the difference? Who do you need to win over? Who is mm. your already target? Like they're your supporters. You know for sure they're going to get what you're doing. And who are the people who like there's room for them to be a part of your mission, your cause, whatever it is. So I think when you when you branch those people out, you got to dig in and do some research, take some time to figure out who those people are, learn about what they, how do they think, where do they spend their time? all that information, right? And mm -hmm. then you can start to plan, how do I reach them, right? So like, if your thing is about young people, okay, like, what ages, what platforms do they use, you know, um, who do they admire? What what kind of language do they like to use? Um, do they really like videos a lot? Do they like humor? Or, you know, you can think about ways to kind of tailor what you what you do to them without compromising yourself because that's that's the thing like you don't want to get to a point where you're like changing who you are too much just <laughs> to like make everyone like you you don't want that right. but there's a way to make different types of people um interested in what you have to do um and, and what's nice is with the internet like there's so much free opportunity to do that i think before it was so tough like you had to have a lot of money to like buy ads or you got you had to know people but now it's like social media anyone can use it and there are so many, there's so many ways to reach people. Um, and, and I think right now email is, is like the really big thing right now because it's like you're personally getting into people's inboxes. That's one of the reasons why I, I decided to, to try doing a newsletter because it's different from like everyone showing up on your, on your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed. Um, when yeah. someone gives you the email, that's like a big deal. Um, yeah. That personal, that personal touch. So, yeah. you know, I think yeah. there's a lot of ways people can do that. Yeah, yeah, it's like permission permission to bother you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and then you'll know for sure if they don't like it because then they're gonna unsubscribe. So <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. So, um, curving, curving, curving to the art side of things. Yeah. So, I think it may be a second from last or third from last poem that mm -hmm. you shared about your mother going to work. And so if you could tell us a little bit about one, your mother, uh, I got, I got to meet her briefly. I mean, yeah. like a year and a half ago. I don't, I don't even, yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, yeah. When she came by the office. <laughs> ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, that was a little while ago, but she's in the medical field. And I think in the poem, you said, you know, she's like going out to, to say the world. <laughs> and you're like, I'm working from home. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but it was eloquent and poignant. So, uh, could you explain that scenario to uh, to anybody who's listening, who yeah. will listen? Yeah. Um, 
So obviously, you know, for most of us, the biggest change in our life has been being stuck inside, quarantined, right? Everyone who can work from home. But there are so many people who their experience of the pandemic is so different. Like they can't stay at home. They're essential workers. And my mom is one of those. She uh, works in a hospital. She's a labor and delivery nurse. So she is not necessarily directly working with COVID patients. But, you know, being in a hospital, you're at risk, right? And, and you could be exposed at any point. And so here she was worrying about me, you know, on the other side of the country. And like, I've been worried more about her because she's going directly into a place where there could be sick people there um, and, and you wouldn't know. So, you know, for me, I feel really privileged and um, a little, I guess, um, I don't know if, shame, if, if ashamed is, is the right word, but it, it's tough when you feel like y you are not having to sacrifice as much. I, I mean, I complain about working from home and not getting to be out, but I'm in a different place than people like my mom and, and other doctors and social workers and, you know, x-ray technicians who are, who are there um, trying to, to save people's lives and, and, and the day to day, like it doesn't stop for them. So um, I, so I decided to write a poem about her and, and how much I honor her and, you know, she's dealing with the stress differently, you know, she doesn't, mm. she seems like she's okay with it. Um, and she like knows what the risk is. Um, and for me, I'm just like the, <laughs> I'm like the little, the little scaredy, scared writer, like at home, just being like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't do anything. And like, I guess I'm going to try and put on like, wash my hands more. But, you know, you, you feel kind of helpless, you know, like, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to do my part by like sharing information and, and connecting mm -hmm. people. But um, it just, it just doesn't feel in any way. Um, it doesn't feel like it, it measures up to what people like my mom are doing. So I, I really appreciate them. For sure, for sure. I think, well, one of the things I always, I feel like I say it all over, I'm like a broken record on it, but the job of artists is, is to be able to bottle that emotion and bottle those experiences and really express it when the time is right. So your, your mother, she may, she there may be little pieces and particles of her day helping out at the hospital, working at the hospital, coming home, that she may be living out that you see maybe more deeply because you are a sponge, you know, artists, artists are sponge. So we're, we're kind of looking at, you know, she's just not coming home, taking off her scrubs and, and going, to, you know, getting some rest. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, she's coming home. She's, she's, she's sitting there for a little bit. You know, you see the steam rising from the tea that she's drinking and, you know, she like bends down into it and like catches the whiffs in her face. And so when you capture all of that, <laughs> yeah. it makes, it makes it real for people who may not be present in the room. So it is, it is doing, it is doing a job. I want to reassure you of that. If anybody said they, they wasn't, but, yeah. um, and also just dealing with, the worrying about, you know, is my mom going to be safe and, you know, will, will she be okay? So I, I thought that that uh, piece really just, it stood out to me. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, these are the times where, where artists get to work. So um, who has been, 
I guess, inspiring you to go ahead and, and write or read more or be more attentive to what you could absorb for, for your creations? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you for um, appreciating that poem and um, for the kind words about, you know, what, what an artist can and a writer can also offer. Um, I think that's, that's something I'm, I'm trying to remember too during this time when I see um, so many people on the front lines and, and sometimes, you know, worry about, could I, could I, should I be doing more? Um, and I think people that I am reading and um, looking to for, I guess, some type of solace or guidance or wisdom, um, I always, you know, go back to, I think a lot about right now when there's so much fear and anxiety, I, I try and think back to like the basics of like love and, and courage and someone I think about when I think of love um, is Bell Hooks. Um, I think her words and her writing about love are just really comforting and um, it's good to, to go back to for me to remind myself about love in all of all of its forms, not just romantic love, but love for yourself and love for humanity and love for um, family and friends and community. Because I think that's what a lot of people are thinking about right now. How do we reimagine the way we think about our community and, and humanity, what we owe to each other? Um, and poetry is definitely a big thing for me right now. So um, I love reading, like going back to like Nayara Wahid is like a big poet that I love. Um, and I read her stuff constantly. Um, I also really love, you know, going back to read James Baldwin um, and what he has to say about the courage, the moral courage of, of artists and, and what they have to offer to society and reminding them of, of who they are. Um, yeah, I, I would say those are some of the, the, the first people that come to mind. And there's, there's also like, this doesn't sound as like eloquent and cool, but there's just so many really good Instagram accounts of like therapists and, and just like really great motivational speakers. And so I'm really trying to curate my feeds to like replace <laughs> the anxiety, you know, and like superficial stuff with like just some really good, you know, motivational um, words of wisdom of like reminding you how to be there for yourself and, um, you know. I would say like therapy is something that I, I definitely stress and encourage and recommend for anyone um, who needs someone to talk to. I think it's a great thing. Um, so, you know, they may not necessarily be, they may not be artists and poets, but I feel like what they say helps poets and artists, you know, be their best selves. So I appreciate and recognize all of the therapists and counselors out there. For sure. For sure. I, I think, we we get drunk off of like the suspense and impending doom, mm -hmm. and like I was running earlier this morning, and I'm looking at like the flowers sprouting and 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 the residue of the flowers on the ground, and hardly no cars out, and just be able to safely run and and not have to worry about nothing coming around the corner or anything like that, and I I legit think that. Unfortunately, because of our addiction to trauma mm. <laughs> or or 
proximity to trauma or or witnessing or living vicariously through other people's traumas and 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 just nonsense sometimes uh, we forget that the other for those who are for, for those of us who are fortunate enough and privileged enough the other 98% of our of our day is pretty tranquil and this is disregarding maybe the the emergencies that pop up with work and things like that but we we you know we're fortunate and 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 sometimes to be able to like okay I can step back from this but we're literally we're, we're addicted to chaos like we are yeah. we are addicted to chaos <laughs> and uh, yeah. I rem- I remember when Trump was winning I think when, mm-hmm. when he he's like starting to win and somebody did like a news report about how CNN the the person who owns CNN was a former like WWE or they were in some type of entertainment business. So CNN's coverage had shifted a little bit, and now it was it was presented as like HBO boxing title fights. It wasn't mm. more so like, oh, Eddie. Uh, yeah, Claude, Eddie you're talking Claude. about Ted Turner. Yeah, like Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Glaude is going to be in conversation with. I don't know. I'm thinking about some right wing person. I don't know. I can't. Even, I don't even know their names. But <laughs> Eddie Glaude, but it's but not in conversation with, debate with, faces yeah. off against Tucker Carlson, whatever his name is. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Anyway, so this is a long winded way. We we have to be able to take a step back from. It. I'm happy you cur- you're curating your timeline because. I told myself, like, I'm not going to say the C word. I'm not going to say the Q word. The mm-hmm. two C words, Corona, COVID, quarantine. Yeah. Like, give it a break. And so I hope, I hope you're catching a break. Yeah, it's hard um, because, you know, like, like the Atlantic is doing fantastic reporting on it. And I'm really proud of my colleagues. And I feel um, I feel motivated to help make sure that people get the information that these um, that these people are writing about because there's so much changing and people have so many questions and one of the things I started doing was um, through Instagram, uh, I, I made a story um, sharing one of our articles and then asking people, um, and there's like a little sticker feature you can put in there and uh, if people had questions and we got so many questions. And so, you know, for the past couple of weeks, I've been putting together Instagram stories with different people's questions, tagging them and then getting the information from the different stories we have. Because like for me, I see everything, but for other people, like they, they miss a lot of it. Right. So they don't know, they didn't know that we, we published something about like, how do I go grocery shopping or like, can I go to my friend's house, you know, or like, how do I explain this to my kid or how long is this going to last? You know, people have so many questions. And so I was like, you know what, there's so much information out there. So I'm going to curate this for them, answer their questions. And, and that's done really, really well. And so I'm really happy to do that. You know, I see that as a service, but then on the other end, it's like, people are overwhelmed. <laughs> They're drained. <laughs> I'm drained. So I'm trying to do whatever I can to like share other types of things for people. And then for myself, you know, after work, it's like, you know, I don't want to read any more about it. I, you know, I read as much as I need to know for me to get by on my day to day. Like I need to know that there's a stay at home order. (laughs) I need to know that suddenly we should be wearing masks, like that kind of stuff. Like I need to know when the grocery store is now ending, you know, they're closing early. That stuff is meaningful and necessary for me. But beyond that, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to read. I'm going to do yoga. Um, I'm going to watch some funny videos. 
Um, you know, Ramadan is coming up. So I'm trying to figure out like, what's my spiritual schedule going to be and my routine. Um, I'm going to call some friends. Unfortunately, you know, talking to my parents isn't necessarily a break because they are also coronavirus central through WhatsApp, you know, <laughs> they're, they're trying to, they're trying to update each other about everything. So there's a part of me that has to be like, okay, guys, we need to change the subject, oh, yeah. but you know, but you have to, you have, you have to make that, um, make that time um even if it seems like the whole world is just talking about it 24 7 like you can choose to to not you know and that's okay i agree i agree well um <laughs> i mean alhamdulillah you know I, I definitely i definitely appreciate like you just making the time uh just to even have like this this brief conversation uh yeah. i i always <laughs> i always feel for people who are on the front lines of content development because I feel like people just don't know like they, they have no idea and yeah, yeah so I, somebody asked me earlier it was like yeah I haven't seen you going on live lately and I'm like bruh like <laughs> everyone's you know going to, on live you know I have to actually take time to create things right like you you know yeah. I don't this ain't McDonald's I don't want this to be McDonald's <laughs> You know, at least I don't think of it as big battles. So yeah. um, I'm happy you, you took the time. And I know sometimes it's a relief to be on the other side of just being able to to get some easy questions and <laughs> help people out just with a little bit of your knowledge and, and what you're going through. How can uh, how can people find more of your work? Yeah. Well, first of all, I thought you asked really good questions. I didn't think they were easy, but like I, I think it was it was a nice conversation. So I felt... I felt comfortable. Um, so I appreciate your, um, the best questions are easy ones. That is interchangeable. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It was a good, it was, it was a really nice exchange. Um, but so people can find me, um, a lot of different ways. Um, I guess, uh, what I'm on the most right now is Instagram, especially right now it's national poetry month. So I'm writing daily poems. My Instagram is actually very active right now, (laughs) um, (laughs) but you can find me on Instagram at N E S I M A A. So it's my name, Nasima with an extra A. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Twitter um, at Nasima Abera. And I have a website, but that, I mean, it's kind of just like a portfolio. So maybe don't check that out. And then my newsletter um, used to be every week. Actually, I should have changed that when I sent you my bio. It's now every other week because I had to check in with myself about my capacity. And I realized every other week is better for me. But go, um, scale a bit. exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's called Noted by Nasima, and you can um, subscribe to that by going to Noted by Nasima, um, all lowercase dot substack dot com. Awesome, awesome, awesome! <laughs> well, inshallah, I hope uh, I hope you you take care, and thank you so much for your time. And you. yeah, yeah, I, I promise you, people are definitely looking for some answers right now. Everybody's in a frenzy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I said you know the last the last thing I say is that like one one of the things that I really I really find disgusting is uh, this sort of this influencer bashing that that has like taken hold within the last I don't know, maybe seven years, mm-hmm. and it could be people and I'm not, I'm not talking about people who, even people who call who who are self proclaimed influencers. But taken to the degree where it's like there could be somebody who is uh, a vocalist or something like that, and they happen to have a large following, and therefore 
they are an influencer. And so uh, anything that they do is ripped apart and ripped to shreds. And I thought it was very interesting and <laughs> very funny that now every has to, everything has to go online and now people mm-hmm. are like, we're an influencer. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, could you, you know, like, could you? It was like, hold on. I thought, yeah. I thought they would hate it. So, uh, yeah, you know, but it's all based in content. So just thank you so much yeah. for, for the work you're doing and um, yeah. your love protect your work. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Yeah. And um, inshallah, be well. And thank you so much for, for having this podcast. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully, you know, you, you big shot. So we're going to, we're going to get the, re- the, 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 uh, listenership up. Once we <laughs> I drop. will, I'll make sure I'll direct everybody to, <laughs> to the podcast and to the page. So. No problem. No problem. So you take care. Okay. Thanks. You too. All right. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum. Alaikum. Assalamualaikum.